The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, welcome back to another episode of Kingdom Keys. You are here. Uh, that's brought to you by Arrowhead Pride. You're here with your host, Maurice Elston, Nate Christensen, and Price Carter. Back with another week of keys to victory for the Kansas City Chiefs that's going into Las Vegas this weekend uh, for the final game of the regular season. But before we jump into the, um, the, the Kingdom Keys this week, we definitely want to acknowledge and, um, and say that our thoughts and prayers are still with the Hamlin, with Hamlin and his family. Um, amongst the, the, the tragic event that happened Monday night um, between the Bengals and, and the Buffalo Bills. Um, there's a lot of floating around now, but but some good things is coming out about his health. Um, there's a report that he has he has woke up, has opened his eyes, and um, is gripping the hands of his loved ones. So some definitely good signs there moving forward about his health. So that's some good things to hear. But now, of course, the, the next scenario on the table is how do we move forward with the game that did not get played and how does that affect the season? What's your thoughts on what some of the things you've been hearing? Um, Price, I'll jump to you first. What's some of the thoughts you've been hearing about some of the seeding things that's, that, that's being talked about? Well, I, I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head. Let's start with the most important thing. Make sure that he's okay and doing all right. I, I don't think I've seen a single person, doesn't matter what their fandom is, say that the game should have been played that night. We all agree. Right. Like that, that stuff is super hard. And we're all very happy that he's feeling better and doing better. And it looks like, you know, he's on the path to recovery. So that's good stuff. Um, on, on the other side, there's just not a situation that everyone is going to walk away happy with the one with how the seating is going to go in the AFC. Someone is going to be upset. Um, my I guess my concern is with some of the ideas that have been floated. We're recording this Thursday afternoon. Um, you know, there's been a lot of ideas floated from an idea where the one seed would get to pick the buy or home field advantage. There's also been the idea floated around that possibly they would add another playoff team. And then there's also just they would decide it by win percentage. Um, someone is not going to be happy here. They did not play an NFL game. And, you know, just talking really big picture, again, this is kind of like gross to think about a little bit, but there was a group of a whole lot of people that showed up to watch an A++ football game who paid money, who traveled and all those things. And they could see that football game. Like those people aren't happy. I'm sure they were all concerned about DeMar Hamlin when that became a story as they should have, but like those people lost out and Bills and Bengals fans lost out on a game. And just think about the players too. If they're truly going to just make this game a no contest, if you're Tyler Boyd, you caught a touchdown in that game and it didn't happen. If you're Joe Burrow, you threw a touchdown pass in that game. It didn't happen. No one's walking away happy from this situation. And it does stink. 
And the most important thing has stayed the most important thing, which is his health. And I'm happy for that. And I think the NFL has done a good job of handling that. However, we cannot get into this realm where we're changing the outcome of 10, 14 teams when it comes to the playoffs. I mean, I, I mean, we've all seen the Internet is no uh, stranger to bad takes. I've seen a take that said, let's cancel all of the games this week and just start the playoffs now. You cannot rob 16, the NFL of 16 games. Guys, this is a billion dollar industry with a B. We can't do that. I, you know, here's the thing. At this point, as many of the awful ideas that I've seen, I just want the NFL to make a decision. And if it's going to piss off Chiefs fans, we'll be pissed off. And if it's going to do that to the Bengals fans or the Bills fan, just go with something and roll with it. Let's not try to reorganize the entire structure of the playoffs. Let's not try to add another team. Let's not do any of those things that just pick something, understand that it's not going to be fair and understand like, Hey, we made that choice that night. And also we can recognize the fact that it was terrible timing for that particular game to have this issue, right? If that was Thursday night football, they probably would have been able to make that game up on Monday, just have a, a Monday night doubleheader. Even Sunday would have possibly been better. They could have played like a Tuesday or Wednesday game. It being Monday night, being the latest game of the week that year or that particular week really made it really tough. So I don't blame the NFL going through all their options. Definitely okay. But I, I think we just need to be grounded about this and realize like nothing we do with the playoff seating is going to feel great for everyone. No one's going, no seating option is going to make DeMar Hamlin more healthy. We just need to make a decision and roll with it. At this point, I'd rather the Chiefs have the two seed and know their outcome than be floating around in this realm where like, oh, are we adding an eighth team? Are we playing the AFC championship in California? Who knows? You know, so um, those are just my thoughts. I know it's it's a it's a tough subject. I think uh, of the eighth team is ridiculous. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, either do the no contest thing. I would be okay with the the option of like the one seed gets the option or the buy or home field. I think that is that's reasonable to me because who knows? You know, we don't know what was going to happen with the Bills or the Bengals. You know, the Bengals still had a shot the one seed, I guess, but that seemed unlikely. Um, that seems fair to me. Like the buy is still a very clear advantage. Like if you look at any statistics, uh, having a buy versus having home field or playing an additional, I mean, it just makes sense. Like, you know, if you have a 50% shot of winning three games, it's easier to win two games, than three games, which is, you know, basic probability. So I'd be okay with that. Um, if they do no contest, I think that's fair too. Like, like you said, price, you don't want to overcomplicate it. I, when I think about it from all sides, I do kind of like the idea of like the Bills still get a minor advantage of having if they were the two seed uh, or the Chiefs of getting uh, home field advantage throughout because that's still, you know, some version of an advantage. But the one seed would still go to a team that gets the buy. That's still a clear advantage. Um, anyone will tell you that. But like you said, make a decision. Someone's not going to be happy regardless. Um we just need to, you need to make a decision. I hope it's today. Uh, don't don't dwell on this too long. Yeah, I, and I and I and I feel the same way. I, I I definitely feel first and foremost that canceling that game Thursday uh, Monday night was the right decision. Like there was no way none of them could continue to play. I feel like that was the right decision, and I feel like once they made the decision that hey, it can't be played Tuesday Wednesday. Thursday, anything like that, because we want to make sure his health and everything is right. That's the most important thing here. And um, my heart goes out to him. And I feel like that was the right decision to make uh, going forward. Honestly, my opinion, I mean, because there, there's no winner in this, really. 
you know, there, there, there's no winner in a situation like this whatsoever. But canceling games, other games in all the weeks and adding the team, like can't just cancel games. There's, there, there, there's still implement, implementation going on now. Like, you know, let's say a Green Bay or something that, that has to win to be able to get in or, you know, the Lions who can still get in, you know, um, New England. You know who goes to Buffalo, who plays Buffalo this week. You know if they win, they're in, right? So it's so many things that's still being decided in in this final week of the season where that that can't even be an option that's on the table, right? My thoughts really is honestly, you have a no contest. Of course, the reason behind the no contest is what's making this such a difficult decision. Because I feel like if it was any other reason for a no contest, then it would just be like. Hey, this is the way it's no contest. We will make it a tie or whatever thing like that. And whatever the winning percentage say from there, that's how we're going to go. In my opinion, and it's not because I'm a Chiefs fan, I still just feel like that's the way it should be. Despite the situation that caused the no contest, you handle it as a no contest. Whoever it ends up with the first seed after these games is played this weekend, that's what it should be. No, no other playing around with it. First, first seed gets the same benefits they would get if they was a number the number one seed for any other circumstance. And just let it be as it may. It's an unfortunate situation. In trying your best to find out a way to make it fair, you're going to keep coming to a, a, a dead-end corner where it's not fair for somebody. So the best thing for me, in my opinion, is say, hey, we're going to cancel that game, whatever the records are at the end of, this, end of the season, based off the last week of the season. However, that seeding falls off of that is where everything is going to be. Because, I mean, it puts the Ravens at a disadvantage, if we're being honest, because they could have had a chance to to, to fight for the, um, for the three seed and be their division winner and have a wild card playoff game. So it affects everybody. We're we just looking at the Chiefs, Bills, and and um, the Bengals, but it affects the Ravens, too, and having a chance this week to, to win the AFC North. So I just think that's the way they should do it. I don't feel like they should put pick a – who uh, you get to pick your home field advantage or a buy. I get that probably makes a little bit fair, but I think the safest thing to do is say, we're going to do it the way we always done it. No contest equals this. However, the record falls off of that is what we're going to go with. Because then that's something you can stick with. If this was to happen with again, no matter what the situation is for the no contest. And I get it. It was out of the bills control, out of the Bengals control, what happened. And that's what makes it so hard is they feel like somebody getting punished for something that was out of their control. But at the end of the day, life is always going to continue to throw us stuff that's out of our control. So you got to stick with the format that you put in place. And that's why that format is there to say, hey, no contest. This is how it affects the record. Whatever the records fall after that, that's where we're going to be. And I think everybody will be able to, even if they're upset, understand that. Yeah, and I think, you know, just kind of closing the book on this subject, I think one thing that's good, it doesn't matter if you're a Chiefs, a Bengals, a Bills fan, pick your team, especially it seems the AFC here is much more impacted the NFC. There's enough sample size here with one more week of regular season and, you know, three extra to four extra playoff games here that this is not going to decide the outcome of who wins the Super Bowl or who wins the AFC. Right. Like we can talk about how this impacts and what an advantage the, the number one seed is or a bye week is. But at the end of the day, you still got to go out and play, you know, 12 to 16 quarters more of football. And anybody like we'll just use it because we're Chiefs fans. Let's just say the Bengals win the Super Bowl. They're still going to win three, have to win three playoff games against three good teams on the road at some point or at home at some point to be Super Bowl champions. No one can take this game and say like, oh, well, you know, if, you know, T Higgins doesn't hurt him, 
it, it's a different story. If anyone's doing that, that's that's preposterous, you know. So the best team will still prevail. This is just kind of deciding how it goes. So it, it's just you know we're in a slow week. There's no Thursday night football this week. It's the only thing going right now, and it's the last thing we saw on the field. So I think I think we're all hung up on it. The best team, I think, still will come out here and emerge as the Super Bowl team. Either that or think, the team, the team that's the most deserving. Yeah. And I think that that that's the way it's gonna go. I mean, you look at the Titans last year, they had the number one seed, if I'm not mistaken, had the first round by, had home field advantage, didn't even make it to the AFC championship game. And, you know, the the, the best team did the best teams did. You had a crazy thriller with the Chiefs in, in Buffalo in the divisional round and got to the Chiefs. And, and then, heck, Cincinnati came in here to Kansas City and beat us, right? So at the end of the day, everybody got to put their cleats on, lace up their cleats and go out there, play football and execute to the best of their ability. And the best team is going to win no matter if they have to buy, um, no matter if it's on their field and anything like that. It's any given Sunday. And so – you know, heart goes out to DeMar Hamlin. Definitely glad to hear he's getting better. Still prayers and thoughts with his family. And I just want the NFL to make a decision so everybody can move forward. Because as long as it's in limbo, it's going to be all this back and forth. But when the decision is made, people are ripe about it. Um, and then they'll probably gripe about it again if their team doesn't win the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, and, and that'll happen at that time. Then we just move on. But so let's let's jump into it. We, we, we got the, we got the kingdom keys this week. But let's, as we always do. Let's talk injuries. What are, what are we seeing on the on the Chiefs side and on the um Oakland uh, Oakland Las Vegas side? For, for it's still hard. It's still hard. I, I, they're still like the Oakland Raiders in my mind. On the Las Vegas Raiders side, they and, haven't they haven't earned the Las Vegas yet. Like they, they, they got, have. They got to earn that title. <laughs> so still it looks in like in my mind. it looks like uh, Pete was out there watching the Chiefs. They were practicing indoors today. Pretty much everyone practiced, including recently activated McCall Hardman. Finally, that came true. We had been calling for that forever in here. Um, the only person not practicing was Sky Moore, who has a hand laceration. Not necessarily sure what's up with that. Looks like he probably won't play. After being after not practicing yesterday, Harrison Bucker, who was suffering from back spasms, is back on the field and was practicing. So definitely something to keep our eye on there. I feel like one of us will probably talk special teams in here. Um, on the Raiders side, looks like um, Devontae Adams had was limited last or yesterday with some illness. He'll probably play. Um, let's see here. Josh Jacobs was did not practice yesterday with a hip injury. Uh, Jarrett Stidham was limited with an elbow. Um, obviously, the, the primary one is Josh Jacobs there. Raiders are looking pretty health, uh, pretty healthy, the healthiest they've been in quite some time. And, you know, just bring that one seed conversation all back here. None of that matters if the Chiefs don't beat the Raiders, right? And I, I think that's the most important thing. So we can put all that aside and know that they just got to get a win this week and control what they can control. Absolutely. Yeah, no. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Right, and, uh, the injury report's not, you know, as good as it's been for the Chiefs in the past, but um, certainly you hope Joe Tooney's healthy. I mean, the fact he came back into that game after taking his series off was was big. I don't think McCall Harbin will probably play this week. Um, it, the way Andy kind of said that the other day where it was kind of up to Veach, I, to me that made it sound like he wasn't quite ready, but they just wanted to activate him because they could. I mean, they can just make him inactive. It's not – there's something wrong with making him active. But I, I am interested to see whether McCall Harmon's going to be – it really did – like it sounds like he had a really bad sickness or something. He lost a lot of weight. You, we're never going to hear a lot about it from the Chiefs. Just that's not the way Andy rolls. But um, I am interested to see whether McColl is able to come back for the playoffs. It's too early to speculate. We're a few weeks away from there, but I, I do kind of wonder that. Yeah, I just, 
I hope he's okay. I hope he's, you know, feeling healthy and stuff, but it really doesn't sound like super encouraging on that front. Yeah, it really, it really doesn't for, for, I, I kind of got the same vibe. It's like, let's activate him just in case he's ready for the playoffs. We can use him. Um, but I would be very surprised to see him out on the field on Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So let's let's jump into these keys. Um, Nate, we'll start with you, man. What do, what, what do you feel like is the key to a Chiefs victory on Saturday and moving forth in these playoffs? Yeah, you know, there was a lot of talk about last week's Broncos game. And, you know, it obviously wasn't a, a game that uh, – went great for the Chiefs, although I, I thought it went fine for the most part. I thought the Broncos played pretty well on their part. But one thing, especially on offense, I was encouraged to see was that the Chiefs were pushing the ball down the field a lot more. So I pulled up just some stats. These are passes over 20 air yards. In week 11, there was only three. Week 12, there's only one. Week 13 was six. Week 14 was four. 15 was two. And week 16 were two. Last week, there were six. And Mahomes went four and six on passes over 20 air yards. Um, we saw the Chiefs, you know, take more shots downfield. We saw the over route to get areas Tony, which I, I tweeted about. It was like, that is the first time I think the Chiefs have really hit one of those routes all season. I can't remember too many besides maybe Kelsey uh, where they hit that. They hit Justin Watson kind of on the corner of the sideline. There were two shots to MBS. Uh, both were on double moves. Both were open. MBS dropped one and then Pat overthrew the other. But I was encouraged to see the Chiefs finally kind of pushing the ball downfield. Like if there has been, you know, obviously the, the Chiefs offense has still been great this year, but I don't really feel like it's been overly explosive this year in terms of like downfield shots compared to like what it's been in the past. A lot of their explosive plays come from yards after catch. So that's something, you know, I'm kind of hoping to see again this week. I want that going into the playoffs because at this point of the season, these past few weeks, it's about putting things on film for defensive coordinators to watch. And I can guarantee you that when they, when a defensive coordinator sees Kadarius Tony line up in the backfield, two reps, that's on film. That's something that he has to sit down and prep for. When they see Kadarius Tony run an over route, it's like, oh crap, like now the Chiefs are putting vertical shots in. Now we have to maybe go back to zone coverage or whatever. So I want the Chiefs, you know, the last time they played the Raiders, it was a lot of man coverage from what I remember. Um, they actually, it was, you know, Pat had a really good game, but they actually, I thought played really good defense for the most part. Um, second half, maybe not as much, but yeah, let's, let's continue to see the vertical passing game this week. Let's take some more shots. Even if they're not all successful, it's just something for defensive coordinators to note. And I think it'll open up other parts of their offense. 
Yeah, uh, Nate, it's almost like you read my piece that went live this morning. I appreciate it. Always about those good uh, clicks. But, uh, you know, I, I talked a little bit about this in my piece this week, too. Um, the Chiefs wide receivers are a big part of why we are not getting a large contribution in the vertical passing game. Uh, Chiefs are on pace to have a record low product uh, production from the wide receiver position since Mahomes taken over as quarterback. Um, in 2018, wide, so this is basically the wide percent wide receiver yardage percentage of team total. So what percentage of receiving yards were accounted for by wide receivers? In 2018, 52%, 2019, 57%, 2020, 61%, 2021, 58%, and this year they are sitting at 49%. Um, you know, there's almost a 15% spread there between the highest and lowest. Additionally, over half of Patrick Mahomes' touchdowns have come from Jerick McKinnon or Travis Kelsey. Um, you know, I think those are great guys, and we can sit here and talk about how excellent the offense is, and they are leading pretty much every important metric. And Patrick Mahomes is, at this point, the clear favorite for MVP. However, th when you get into the playoffs and you play good teams and good quarterbacks, they can take away your first and second option. Jarek McKinnon and Travis Kelsey are not the guys that you want to only be relying on in a playoff game. They need someone to step up. You know, we talked about Michael Hardman. We've talked about Tony. Nate, I know you did some film breakdown on what they were doing with Darius Tony. Um, there's there's a lot of room to grow for this offense. And again, the margin for error is what we're talking about, right? We're not we're talking. They've earned the right to be talked about on the Super Bowl scale. We know they're a good offense. We know that they're setting good numbers. But to beat Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, jo Joe Burrow, like to beat three or four of those quarterbacks in a row, they're going to need to be extremely dominant on offense, as they were. I'm not sure this team can overcome a 24 nothing deficit right now like it used to be able to or go, go overcome a 10-0 de deficit on the best defense in the NFL like they did in the Super Bowl a couple years ago that's that margin for error that we're talking about and as long as the Chiefs play their brand of sloppy football which they seem to do week in week out the margin for error is very low yeah and I and I agree like I, I really feel like ha that's the important importance importance of um having Tony and McCall Hartman back because they bring a different dynamic, definitely Hartman um, on those verticals. And then, you know, Kadarius Tony on those over routes. He seems to be able to run those a little bit better than what, what you've seen from Hartman. Um, Kadarius Tony brings a, a Tyreek Hillish type field back to the offense that you can run some of the plays that only that you only have Tyreek with Kadarius Tony. Can't run them with an MBS in, in a while, so they don't track the ball the same. Um, they're more just kind of straight vertical threats than the overall type of type of type of threats. So I think, you know, what I always said about this offense this year, I feel like it was more efficient this year, but less dynamic, you know. So I think Darius, Tony and Harmon bring another dynamic force back to the offense that you have to account for. And that's really all you need is making the defense have to account for something else. I think if we can get those two on the field, the defense has to account for them. And maybe that makes them go back to the too high in the zone coverage, which then now that we have a sufficient running game, opens it up a little bit more for Pacheco and then um, getting a quick outs to, you know, to, to McKinnon gives him a little bit more room to operate because Juju's not going to stretch the field. That, that's just not necessarily what he does. He's more of the possession guy, the run after the catch guy. Same thing you're going to get with Kelsey. And, you know, when it when throwing to Watson and throwing to MVS, Mahomes has his lowest co completion percentage. I want to say around 50 something percent when throwing to MVS and, and around 40 something when, when targeting in Justin Watson. So you, you hope they can start to connect on them a, a little bit more 
Um, all of it's not on them. Some of it, you know, Mahomes has just missed them on, on a couple of routes, but they both can do a better job at attacking the ball and tracking the ball from from what I what I've seen on a couple of passes. But I think that's going to be big. If we can stretch the field vertically, that takes pressure off, you know, off Kelsey. It takes pressure, you know, opens up the running game. It opens up so much for this offense. So I'm really looking to see how, how they do that, if they can continue to do that this week. So, Price, what you got, man? What, what, what do you think is a major key this week to, to, to a victory for the Chiefs? Well, for my key this week, I'm picking a portion of the field, and I'm picking the middle of the field for the Chiefs defense. This has been a place that the Chiefs have been taken advantage of pretty much all year. Um, in fact, the Raiders kind of put out a little bit of a blueprint there whenever they started going heavy and rushing the ball and then passing out of that heavy formation way back when they played that game in, I believe, September against the Raiders. Um, Raiders, this is this is a good offense, guys, and they did a lot of this without Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller on the field, even though Derek Carr is no longer starting. Tenth in yards, twelfth in points, seventh in yard per a play. Um, and they've done a lot of that by attacking the field. This is absolutely wild. I found this, and I love this poll, so I want to ask you guys. Who – here are your choices, okay? So Josh, Jacob, Josh Jacobs leads the, uh, the Raiders in rushing attempts. There are three other options. Brandon Bolden, Zamir White, a fourth-round rookie that they took out of uh, Georgia this year, or Derek Carr. Who is second in rush attempts for the Raiders? I'm going to say Derek Carr. I agree. Yeah, I kind of I kind of gave it away there, right? The second leading attempt rusher for the Raiders is Derek Carr with 24 attempts. Josh Jacobs has 323 attempts, and then Derek Carr, 24. And then Brandon Bolden has 17, and Zamir White has 16. So if he doesn't play in this game, that's massive. Um, we, you know, we talked about it in the injury report, but also remember, like, way back when Josh Jacobs was getting carries in the Hall of Fame game in, like, August, and we were all like, is Josh Jacobs dumb? Or done. I mean, that's a, it's just a wild, I've never seen it proportion that heavy um, where Josh Jacobs is getting all those carries. Um, kind of going back to the middle of the field thing, the Chiefs have, you know, given it up in the run. They did pretty good at controlling the run game last week here, um, but they did give up over 100 yards rushing to Kenneth Walker. Josh Jacobs, last time the Chiefs faced him, he had 154 yards and a touchdown. Kansas City additionally has allowed three straight games with touchdowns to tight ends, and these tight ends are not big names. You know, Albert O was like on milk cartons before last weekend. Um, so the Chiefs, the middle of the field is, you know, we've talked about it. I was DMing Nate a little bit about what the Chiefs can do in the middle of the field. Teams are taking advantage of Nick Bolton. They're taking advantage of some of the safety play. And it's a place that the Chiefs are going to struggle. Hunter Renfro, a good slot receiver is back. This is only about the third game that the Raiders have had all their weapons in place. Waller, um, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Josh Jacobs. Jared Sidham also was like, frequently good against the 49ers defense 9.3 yards per attempt in that game um pretty outlandish stuff i i think that probably regresses a little bit that might have been their one game to rally against the quarterback but the the raiders offense is is good and the chiefs defense is going to have their hands full of it and it's got to start in the middle of the field you can live with Devonte adams getting his or them chucking the ball up to matt collins but they they can kill you with uh, jacobs waller and Renfro. Yeah, I know this is going to sound funny, and this might be like a hot take. I think Josh McDaniels has done a good job this year with their offense. Like, they didn't have Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller for a large stretch of this year, and they were still good on offense. And Derek Carr really didn't play great. And what really sold me on that was last week versus the 49ers. I thought the 49ers were going to destroy them. 
and he had a really good game plan. And he, I going back to week five, he had a pretty good game plan against the Chiefs. They went with heavy personnel. They put a fullback on the field and just ran down our throats. And then they took a couple of play action shots to Devontae Adams. I mean, honestly, looking back, I thought they were going to win that game for the majority of the game. I thought they played better than us for the most part. Uh, let's talk about the middle of the field. Uh, two weeks ago against Geno Smith, I thought they did a really good job of stopping the middle of the field. I mean, last week I thought they did a poor job. And it, w- it would have been even worse last week if they had put their effort last week against Geno because Russell Wilson doesn't throw over the middle of the field. And he did last week. Um, the Chiefs allowed that touchdown in the end or in the red zone. Uh, it was some type of breakdown in their zone coverage, but it was just wide open over the middle of the field. And yeah, I agree. You know, I, for, for some reason, everyone kind of talks about like the Chiefs' issues against wide receivers ones as their main issue on defense. I, I've never felt that at any point this year that like that's been the reason the Chiefs' defense maybe has had like bad moments. I think it's their middle of the field pass defense. And what's scary for me is that. Again, like I talk about uh, putting things on film. If I'm Ken Dorsey, the office coordinator of the Bills, or if I'm Zach Taylor, or if I'm any of these office coordinators, I am targeting that area with like a big red marker and be like, we are throwing everything right there. We are going to be targeting these guys. So this week is a good test. They have Waller, they have Adams, they have Renfro. All three of those guys are dynamic in the middle of the field. But like, get some stops. Like, I, you know, a one game sample won't change everything, but if you can limit the middle of the field, that's going to help out your defense just so much. Yeah. Like I seen us use um, last year, a lot more of the third safety. You haven't really seen that much with it with Byron cook this year. And I don't know if it's maybe because he hasn't developed. You've seen this usage go up and down. You know, the times that I've seen him on the field, it hasn't necessarily been bad. Nothing that's necessarily stood out or jumped off the, the fact, the page to you, but I think that's that. That's where like getting somebody more athletic, you know, with the speed and everything in the middle of that field. Because I think that's where the Chiefs probably miss Tyron Matthew the most is being able to erase some of those things in the in the middle of the field. Even you know in his last season when he wasn't his best, he was still a smart player, and and being able to get that. Um, keeping Willie Gay on the field as much as possible. And, you know, this is not a knock on Harris. I think Harris came in the field in nicely and has had some solid play. But I just think Willie, Willie Gay is more dynamic in, in that aspect of being able to cover a little bit more space in, in, in a quicker moment. So um, how we handle Waller is going to be huge. I think this is a good test for the Chiefs defense, honestly, um, going into the playoffs because, you know, with, with the Bills and Bengals and even the Chargers, they all have dynamic receiving threats, right? And even if Miami gets in and things like that, when you got a healthy Adams, a, a, a healthy Waller and a healthy Winfro, you got three three people that and, and a running back in Josh Jacobs. This is going to give you a good look, you know, at what you're going to kind of have to face in the, in the playoffs minus a dynamic quarterback, right? So I think how we're def- able to defend them will, will show us a lot. You know, I think they have to go out and perform and, and be able to definitely take that middle because teams have been targeting this there. And then um, we'll see what type of adjustments Spags makes, right? Because yeah. <laughs> he, he sometimes seems a little slow to that. Pass rush helps with that, right? So if um, if we can get some people home a little quicker, um, I think we'll be good with that. I think having Trent McDuffie in the slide has helped a little bit and being able to move Snead around. So, I think there's some good pieces in place. We got to just see if it all can come together for us. So I want to talk about far as far as a key. I feel like 
special teams has to be addressed <laughs> at, at, at some point. Like, and not just not just the kicker, you know, not just Harrison Buckner. I think it's just special outside of um, Townsend Punny. The rest of the special teams to me has been really a disaster this year. We haven't necessarily had great coverage. We Scott Moore muffed three punts, um, put Kadarius Tony back there. He at least catches the ball, but then he fumbles last week on a return. Um, I think Hartman put one on the ground earlier this season as well in returning punts. Um, Pacheco hasn't necessarily – he's had a couple of decent returns, but for the most part, nothing spectacular in the kick return game. And then, of course, we've missed at least four field goals and three extra points this year. And it's not typical of a Dave Tobe um, special teams unit to have all of these to, to fall apart like this. So I think, you know, definitely going into this week and heading into the playoffs, because what we don't want to see is everything work well for us. And special teams is the reason we let somebody back in the game. Tommy Townsend has been amazing from a punt standpoint. Um, one of the best in the league this year and punting the ball, pinning people inside the 20 yard line. I think he's done dynamic there, but we got to get some, some something from the return game. Um, I'm like, I know Toe was big on bring it out. Like it ain't too deep in the end zone, bring it out. When I'm starting to take like, hey, take that knee, let that ball bounce. Like, let's get it at the 25, right? Every every yard counts when, when you're in the playoffs. Um, I think Darius Tony back there is the right idea. I don't think you see him, you're going to see him fumble too much. I wouldn't mind a healthy McCall Hartman returning back to the, to the punt, you know, as punt returning. And we got to get the kicking down, whether it's the the snapper, the holder, or or Buckner. Now that one, when you watch it slow, it looks like they got a hand on it, and uh, and, and no one really talked about that a lot. It just looked like a wild kick, but it did look like a hand got on the last kick from Buckner um, on Sunday. So that that that's the key to victory for me, and, and a key to us going far in the playbook is cleaning up the special teams thing. Yeah, I, I mean, at this point, I think when it comes to the Chiefs' special teams. We're done talking about cleaning it up. They're, they, they, at some point, you are who you are. They've played 16 games, and they've played 16 games of sloppy special teams. There's no more excuses about, oh, it's there's a lot of rookies on the roster. Tobe doesn't have his toys with Dan Sorton and Ben Neiman. You are who you are. They're not a good special teams team. That was the undoing of the Packers in the playoffs last year. Now, also, the other thing is, like, score more than 13 points against Jimmy Garoppolo at home. You know, so all these things goes back to that margin of error conversation we were having. The only good thing about Chiefs special teams is most of this is in their control. They can opt out of a lot of these special teams. Justin Watson, you're back there fielding a punt. You fair catch it every time. Isaiah Pacheco, you let every kick go over your head and through the end zone unless you absolutely are forced to do it in the form of a squib. And what's that? We're at the 41-yard line or we're at, you know, the 39-yard line, and it's fourth and two. Pack, get back out there darn, we'll just have to run the MVP of the league back out there and try to get two more or three yards, you know? They need to stop pretending that they are good on special teams and opt out for opt out of special teams as much as possible. Yes, the Harrison Bucker injury is scary, right? And the problem is, is he's not immune to shanking a 27-yard field goal. That's the problem or the extra point, right? But try to eliminate as much variance there as possible. That's my only hope at this point for the Chiefs special teams is that they just go that path in the, in the playoffs to be fair, they did kind of do that a little bit last year. I don't think Byron Pringle returned a single kick last year in the playoffs. He pretty much just let everything go off over his head. Um, the punt returning wasn't a huge factor. But, you know, I'm not even sure McCall Hardman's the answer, right? He has 
if you remember back to the first AFC Championship game that they played against the Bills, oh, I guess the yeah. I guess the only one you know he muffed a punt there too. He's had his trials and tribulations back there. You know, I I'm not sure. It is what it is. They've built it where it is. We can talk about Dave Tobe in the offseason, but at this point, just opt out of the variance is all they can do. Would you guys prefer if Bucker has an injury that makes him, let's just say, 10% like worse than he is right now, would you not even play him? Would you just sign someone else? Well, it depends. If they do it the way that they did before and have a quote-unquote kickoff where they uh, sign a kicker with a historically av- uh, awful make percentage, no, because that was a terrible way to do it. That's writing the hot hand in a kickoff. If they sign someone who actually has a rec- – I mean, like, look at what, um, you know, Dicker the kicker's done for the Chargers, right? Like, he's been really good, and he's a replacement kicker. Kickers are weird like that, man. You can get a, you can get a hot hand for a while. They're just really good. I'm not necessarily sure – I, I think that it probably wouldn't be bad to have a backup one on the roster. Um, but also, who cares who's kicking the ball if Tommy Tansen can't get it down and hold it? You know, that the, the punter drama in Kansas City, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what the answer is. Like I said, at this point, you just hope you're so good on offense, okay on defense, that you can overcome it. Yeah, if it's one of those kickers like we brought in, like off a kickoff, I'm like, I'll I'll, I'll take a 80%, 70% Harris, Harrison Buckner over that probably. <laughs> It got, it got to be some like retired veteran out there who who just retired because they was tired of playing that can at least come in and knock in a, um, a 40 yarder or something like where's Adam Vinatieri? I'm sure he still can 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 kick a field goal for us or something like go get if you go go get somebody get somebody that's proven or something out there that 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 you know can do it. But because in my opinion, if a kicker's at home right now and ain't a proven vet, they're at home for a reason. They don't have a job with the 32 teams in the league for a reason. So in that case, I'm taking a 70%, 75% Buckner over them. I'm a little bit different. I'm signing a kicker. I'm I don't trust Bucker at all. And if that means your kickoffs are a little bit worse, like that's fine. I the second question, let's just say you are down three. It's a 45 yard field goal to win the game or tie the game, I guess. What's on a scale of like one to ten, what's your confidence that Bucker's making it right now? So not a super seven. long one, which we've seen him hit those, but like just like a medium range him, field goal. I'm gonna give him a seven. <laughs> that, probably, that, that's a stretch. That's a stretch. It's I'm probably giving. It. Yeah, I'm probably giving Bucker a six, just giving him the benefit of the doubt. But I'm giving Tommy Townsend like a four. So at that point, it's gonna drag it down to, to like a five or a four, you know. And then like you know maybe maybe the protection falls through, or maybe this is the time James Winchester snaps the ball through the end zone. I don't know. You know, like at this point, Chiefs Chiefs special teams, you just like flipping a coin yeah i think i'm around like a four or five two and like if i can get a kicker that can at least make that like a six or a seven then i think that's worth it in the playoffs i mean that little bit of a difference is a big deal and like if i have to cut my like six defensive end to do that i'd rather have a good kicker than another defensive end so i don't know it's just something interesting to think about like because like for the most part when i'm like watching a game i don't really care about special teams that's probably when i'm getting like food or something like i just kind of it's like, oh, something happened on special teams. It is what it is. But it's just been such an issue this year that you're kind of now like, well, this might not be fixed. <laughs> yeah, when you, when you got to talk about special teams, you know, then you know it's a problem because <laughs> normally you're just like, oh, we talk about offensive defense. When you got to bring special teams up and it's not talking about like a dynamic punt returner, kick returner, that's no, that's nobody's yell problem. So let's talk about predictions. Let, 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 let's see what we're thinking about for our score prediction. Nate, I'll start with you. What, 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 what are you thinking the score is going to be? How this game is going to play out Saturday? 
Yes, if we go back, you know, about a year ago today, it was week 18. The Chiefs played a divisional rival on the road last game of the season with seating on the line, and it was an awful game. People probably don't remember it too much. We went to Denver. We won 28-24, but we played terribly. We won, like, the Chiefs defense was terrible that game. They won because Nick Bolton had, like, a 100-yard fumble return on a drive where they were, like, absolutely terrible, and they just, honestly, they got kind of lucky there. Melvin I think, <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be, I don't think it'll be as bad of a performance, but I expect something similar. I think there's gonna be a lot of points scored this week. I, I'm in on this Raiders offense. I think they're good. Like, I think they've been good all year, whether it's cars to them, they have four really good weapons and, you know, you could say they have nothing to play for, but they have pride to play for. And so I think it's going to be a highly scoring game. I don't think the Raiders will do much to stop the Chiefs defense because they just don't have a very good uh, or Chiefs offense. Their defense has not been very good this year. It would take like an incredible Max Crosby half to like even probably stop the Chiefs once or twice, which they did get in week five. But I have the Chiefs winning 34-31. I think it's actually going to be a fun game. I'm actually pretty excited for it. I think there's going to be a lot of scoring. Um, At this point, I'm just, you know, hoping for the win. But yeah, I'm actually pretty excited. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. Yeah, for me, you know, the Chiefs got to take care of their business here. They got to get a, get a win here. Otherwise, that whole seating conversation is nullified. You know, I agree with Nate. Uh, Josh McDaniels is a heck of an offensive mind. He's built something good there. Um, however, I'm not sure that Josh McDaniels is a good head coach. Um, good news, Josh McDaniel only ranks fourth in Raiders history with most losses when leading by 10 points. The bad, The bad news is, He's done it in 16 games. The other people have done it in 130. The other people ahead of him, 136, 108, and 117. Um, so, you know, Chiefs get down by 10 points. They'll sweat. That's right. We got them right where we want them. Yeah. There, there's there's just not a lot of ways that you can pick the Chiefs to pick play some blowout here. I think the Jared Stidham thing was interesting. I do think that that was their one game to rally, about, rally around the quarterback. I don't think he's that good. You know, I don't think that they have their long-term answer there. But he is more mobile than Carr is, and he will run the ball a little bit. And I do think they have enough weapons here, and they're good in places that the Chiefs struggle, like we talked about in the middle of the field. Like, Nate, I'm going to pick a close score. I'm going to go 30-28 Chiefs. I expect it to come down to the wire. I expect us to be frustrated. Um, what else is new, you know? I just stay healthy and uh, get out of there with the win. And, I mean, these are divisional games. No matter what we say, we can all sit around all summer and laugh at the streak and divisional rivals, how they fared against the Chiefs and everything. But at the end of the day, these teams want to beat the Chiefs. And the Raiders have nothing to lose. As my dad used to say, there's nothing more dangerous than a man who thinks he has nothing to lose. And they've got nothing to lose. Absolutely. The Raiders have no more joy than probably making sure we don't get a first round by and home field advantage throughout the playoffs, right? So I feel like that's enough thing to make them play. I'm with y'all. I know the last couple of weeks I've been – hoping and wishing and praying for a blowout. Like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. I'm not going there this week. I'm not going to even do it. I think it's going to be a, a tight game. I'm looking at like 31-27, somewhere around there, where it's going to be just a lot of back and forth. Um, I think Mahomes does have a decent game. Normally when he 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 has a kind of an off game, kind of cause second half last game, he was kind of off, off, off of what he does. He normally bounces back pretty good. So I'm just looking for him to have a good game, get the receivers involved. But I do think it's close. I think that they'll attack where we're weak at. They have the weapons to do that um, in that middle of the field. So unless we change something that we, you know, in that regard, I think it does be be close. So I almost like 31-27. But I think Chiefs come out with a win no matter what. But I think it'll be closer 
than what than probably what a lot of people's probably anticipating. All right. Well, that's another week of the, the, the Kingdom Keys. Again, prayers up for, for Hamlin and his family. I want to see continued progress there. Hopefully the league makes a decision on by the time y'all hear this, hopefully a decision is out about what what's going on as far as the seeding in, in that game. Let's just hope for a good game with no injuries as we go into as the Chiefs go into the playoffs. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, I would like to see Tooney just sit this one on out and get healthy. I hope they don't push him to play. But no, no injuries. Um, and that's it. Follow us on Twitter at Price Carter at Reese Nichols at NateCH32 and at Earl Pride. And we'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.